0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. So this week we've got Kevin Ward on the show. And Kevin is someone I met a few years ago who, from what I gather, started as an audio guy doing recording stuff. And somehow along the way became a church tech director and is in charge of lighting at his church. So... Kevin, uh, first of all, where can we find more about you online? And um, uh, give us the brief synopsis, at least, okay. as to well, how in the world this I've all happened. I've
1: always been fascinated by everything production. Uh, one of my favorite shows is uh, Dancing with the Stars, and I love uh, you know Deal or No Deal. All those shows, You know Ellen's Game of Games, I love all of those shows with... With uh big lighting backgrounds and and I especially love dancing with the stars because it's it's live and it's like you know that the people who are doing that are just so on their on the at the top of their game and uh so I've always been fascinated by that. And I've always kind of watched those kinds of shows just to kind of unwind, but still stay motivated. So, but just a little back, a bit of my history. You know, I, I've been mixing records, producing records, writing songs, uh, doing a lot of things creative, run a record company for several years, uh, you know, for in Nashville. And I was, uh, you know, I was just that Nashville guy with the busy doing records and stuff. And, um, and then something happened that just changed everything. Uh I had a daughter and uh and it just just her importance <laughs> in my life and my uh my my want to, to be a, a big part of her life and not be gone all the time. Even though my studio in Nashville was at my house, I, I barely felt like I was ever at home. I never knew when I was at work or at home. So I mm. kind of found found myself just kind of wondering, you know, uh, what was the next thing and prayed about it and all that kind of stuff. And this opportunity came up, a a guy that I had done several records with he and his family, he ended up moving to California and, um, Yorba Linda, California, several, several years ago. And he kept teasing me with like, man, the weather's really nice out here. And, and, uh, and my (laughs) production and my, and my, Really, my will to, uh, to not be afraid of what the next step was, you know, because your identity gets rolled up into what you do. And, uh, just kind of my, uh, I guess my bra, <laughs> uh, braveness or whatever to, to experiment with something else. And a lot of praying kind of led me to being a church tech director by title, uh, in Your Belinda. And when we started, you know, I had three volunteers. I had a volunteer that ran audio. I had a volunteer that ran Pro Presenter. Uh, which I don't know if, if your listeners know what that is. It's kind of a great Yeah, very robust software, and then lighting. We had a a very basic lighting console. But the reason they wanted me to come and work as, as a tech director was that we were moving from a 350-seat uh, worship center to... Uh, 1100 seat worship center, and we were we were building it from the ground That's a change. up. change, yeah. And we were also going to have you know a video element, um, a live streaming element, um, more audio, broadcast audio, lighting, all that stuff was going to be rolled in, and. And I also have, you were asking about where people can get in touch with me. I have a website called Mix Coach, and I've been teaching uh, people how to mix, produce records, that sort of thing for the last eight years or nine years. I, I did a video that was in Sweetwater. And, um, you know, just it's just kind of built into my DNA to teach what I know. And this opportunity came up, and it's like, man, so I get to learn a bunch of new stuff. About church production, then I get to turn around and teach it. It's like it's like a perfect thing, you know. So anyway, two and a half years later, yeah, uh, here I am learning something new every every single day and turning around. And you know, this morning I spent an hour and a half doing a checklist for audio two position, which you know, it, it it's becoming more and more robust and it's becoming more and more of those things where you have to be. Uh, very detailed about what what's expected of people and how they win you know so anyway that's a little bit about my web, website's called mixcoach by the way so
0: yeah yeah so mixcoach.com so, yeah
1: and there's another website too where I I'm, I'm starting to now that I've learned some of this stuff and I've kind of learned how to apply it I, I I've created another website called kevinward.org and it's just a little bit about you know my mixing my church consulting and, uh, things like that. I, I, I I am barely a lighting guy, but I'm learning a ton from you and your website. So that's how we, that's how we kind of met as I found you online doing some really cool tutorials. Every time I would Google anything about, um, how to do anything with lighting, you were at the top of the list every time. (laughs) So, (laughs)
0: Yeah, and then we found out that your old house was what a mile, I think, from where I am oh, yeah, living right like, now, where I sit here. Um, it's a small, so small it's kind world, of funny man. how that works, you know. But it is a small world. So, so that's really interesting because I kind of I was thinking about it earlier this morning, and I was like, well, he must have done, you know, been a church tech director, maybe as a volunteer here in Nashville or something like yep. that. But you really just kind of. You know, made that leap like straight from you yeah. know recording. I've guy, been everything but a tech director to, in the
1: church. You know, my yeah. my dad was a pastor. Both of my granddads mm-hmm. were pastors, and and, and, oh, okay. and I would always volunteer in church. Like I was the sound guy at a church when I was in college. And then I, uh, moved to, to Asheville, North Carolina and worked there for five years. And while I was there, I was a broadcast mixer for a big, uh, a big church broad, uh, radio broadcast there that was live. Um, and then when I moved to Nashville, uh, I became a musical director, uh, at another church there in, in, uh, in Murfreesboro. And then, uh, so I've, I've done everything but tech directing, it seems like played drums, played guitar, um, wrote wrote songs and all that kind of stuff so yeah this was kind of like the next frontier for me
0: yeah so that is cool um so what does the lighting um look like at your church like what is it what what's kind of the style to it um how much do you guys incorporate lighting into a given week like is it is it something you use constantly week to week or is it more something that you turn on but you really use it for special events how how does that work you
1: no know, absolutely uh, lighting is a big a big element it was even in the worship center that we had before that was uh uh I can't even remember the name of the of the lighting board but uh it was very very basic um mm-hmm. uh it's, so it's very much uh, uh an element and we'd use it every every Sunday and for every you know Event uh Like we had a conference last week and the lighting was a big part of that. So what I found is that lighting guys are really kind of hard to find. Guys that have not only the, the technical es- expertise to get around on a what I found is, you know, kind of complicated uh equipment sometimes unless you have a good teacher like yourself to make it a little easier. But and, and it's one, like one of those, it's like it's like audio that nobody notices it unless it's wrong. <laughs> and so. <laughs> uh it's kind of been one of those things where you know i've got I've got probably three three really good lighting guys, and then there's me and there's a big space between the other three and me <laughs> uh, but what i what i've been doing um i've I've had some good tutelage I've been to a couple of conferences where I learned about uh you know lighting for video uh how bright to light something like what certain foot candles somebody's using in the front and the back for key lighting and for uh rim lighting or backlighting, uh, you know, color temperatures of lighting. I mean, I've had to learn that kind of the hard way because, uh, when you, when you incorporate video into it, it becomes kind of a different animal. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that it it may look good in the room, but it doesn't look good on camera. So you have to kind of strike a balance between that, but we've got, uh, I'll tell you what I've got. I've got a, uh, Kamsis MQ80, which, um, Mm -hmm. I'm loving, uh, uh, for a brief period during Christmas, one of our volunteers brought in a um, a roadhog uh, full bore, and yeah. it, it was really cool. Another one of our campuses in Ventura, California, has a hedgehog four. Um, so those are the those are the three boards that I have um, a little bit of experience with, and I and I know the basics. Um, I know how to move lights, save scenes, or save cues or list, and you know, kind of make them work. So what I'm doing now. Is just, uh, well, let me tell you a little bit about what we have. We have some Colorado, um, what are they called? Uh, the Colorado, it's a real narrow beam Colorado, uh, Tri Tour 3, I think. Try. Okay. Uh, yep. Ab- yep. Above the stage, it kind of washes the stage. And then we have, uh, we have five Rogue R2 washes that are, that are above the singers. And those kind of, then we have a, uh, we have three of those on the stage looking up. Then we have four, r two washes that we have set that we're using for spotlights actually, and then we have a full. We have eight. Um, uh, let's see, what do they call uh, um EW one hundred or two hundred and sixty? What what is that? Uh, it's a Chave. They're key lights. What are, what are they? What do they call them? Kind of tell
0: is them. it the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. One <clears throat> of the Ovation ellipsoidals, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Ellipsoidal, and and we're just kind of washing the stage with that. And uh, so yeah, those. And then I built uh, under. You know, uh, watched your tutorial on how to build the LED lights. And uh, and I built a bunch of um, uh, LED tapes, uh, strips. As uh, fifteen strips on. Uh, let's see the PVC black PVC pipe. I just oh look at that. Of,
0: I'm looking at the website now. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking at your church's Instagram. Cool.
1: Okay. Yeah, you can see that that. And then I, I learned to build that uh, on your on your membership site which was a really great resource for doing that um we did that for christmas and we're doing uh we're doing some other stuff uh for we're already talking about easter and what we're doing there but what i'm doing as far as lighting right now is i'm trying to do like a master list and you can uh, you know we can kind of you can kind of give me some uh um, yeah Feedback on this one of one of the since lighting guys are kind of hard to find and I don't feel like lighting needs to change every week the color Mm -hmm. of the light doesn't need to change I mean I think there's a season for everything but I'm finding that there's a that the seasons are longer than than I thought (laughs) you know I can do them several months at a time so what I've got now is just a a cue list. Uh, or a Q stack as it's called in, in the uh, camps stuff. And it's uh it transitions from each segment. So I've got one lighting look for the, you know, the, the pre-service, I've got a lighting look for the first song. I've got a lighting look for the host time uh, where yeah. they make announcements. I've got a lighting look for videos. Um, I've got, you know, and then for each other song after that, as well as some other transitional stuff, I've got lighting looks in it, and really I've got it set to where those colors are on one fader and the volunteer can just go from one cue to another. I just yep, try to just make right sure. through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there may be a name for that style. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've got that. And then I've got, I've got the four, uh, spotlights that I have, which are really washes that are kind of, um, tighter. Yeah. Yeah. When you
0: zoom them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Set to a skin, a good skin tone color temperature. Um, and basically if we've got three singers, I use the first three. If we've got four singers, I use the four of them and I just use those as key lights. And that gives my volunteer, um, some creative control over, uh, you know, how the room looks and how, and who's lit up at what time. So they still have to be on their game, but they don't have to be, uh, You know, it, it's not so confining for them where they, I don't have every look programmed and, and then I've got two faders next to it that are, that are effects faders that are effects only. So when my LED strips are on, I've got it to where it'll, you know, do a little chase scene or something like that. And then I've got another scene on another fader that my R2 spots will kind of move around a little bit. So that's working, that's working right now. Um, as far as the next step for us, I, I would like to start automating it a little bit more. Um, to where when you fire a song from Pro Presenter or Ableton, uh, that it will you know, somehow, <laughs> I've got to figure all this stuff out. I'm going to watch your um, networking videos next. So uh, I'm going to be uh, learning a little bit more about that so that I can automate enough so that the volunteer yeah. doesn't feel overwhelmed on Sunday, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, because that's where um, you're keeping it simple enough. It's like, especially with lighting and volunteers, like there's always like, you can keep it really simple and that's easy and you can make it complex but you either have to train the volunteer how to be a lighting person or pre-program it all for mm-hmm. them which can take a good bit of time. And so, you know, and now you're talking you're like starting to automate it, you know. Maybe sometime there's only going to be one or two people in the tech booth um, and, and there might not even be anybody sitting in front of the lighting console mm-hmm. or maybe there is um, just for changes and stuff. But But it's really interesting to kind of Think through that, especially in a church environment um, you know running that stuff completely automated
1: yeah well you know we went from three volunteers to like there's anywhere from eleven mm-hmm. to fifteen volunteers on a Sunday now, so we, on a Sunday morning on wow, a Sunday yeah. morning yeah so it's a you know we we're our church culture here is we really we want to engage volunteers you know people if they love a church they want to serve and, Mm -hmm. you know, the big C church. So, uh, we try to create as many uh, positions as we can. And so there's always a lighting operator there and, and, uh, the looks have become more consistent because of the way we're doing it. And, and they, and, you know, the, they feel like they're adding their part and they are definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it it seems to be working pretty good. I'm going to, as I learn more about lighting, I'll probably get a little bit more, uh, more in depth with it, but.
0: Yeah, you know, but it's funny. But at the same time, there's always kind of that balance because you obviously, you know, as a tech director and you've got maybe some volunteers who program and you may program some stuff too, but there's other volunteers who definitely don't program anything. Right. And so you have to kind of find that place where you're not committing to push out too much programming week to week. You know, you keep it within what you can do Mm -hmm. reliably. And then also it kind of can set apart those special events from a regular Sunday morning where maybe the regular Sunday morning, you know, like you said, is a little more basic in the sense that, you know, there's a look per song and there's a couple effects that they can mix in as they feel, you know, the music and as they feel the way the morning's going. But then, on a special event, maybe you bring in a concert, have a youth conference, you know something else mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more movement going on with the lighting probably right right
1: right it, that's that's exactly what we're what we're trying to do is you know um sunday they uh as uh, my buddy Brian says, they come around with amazing regularity, and the- they do they do it's every week (laughs) almost every week there's a sunday almost every week (laughs) what world are you in so yeah, yeah i feel like you know that if we can get our services to be consistent and consistently good then there's room you know you're not uh you're not wearing out volunteers because it's a lot of work to program lights i i read a statistic the other day that for every minute of program lighting it takes an hour to do on average is that would you would you agree with that
0: well, if it's, like, time-coded, I mean, it just depends on... There's a lot of... It depends mm. in that factor. Well, maybe, I need, <laughs> you know, to, maybe
1: you, I need to learn something from you else about programming. Now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, are you starting from scratch? Do you already have presets or palettes built? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how familiar are we, you with the rig? Like, I can walk into a rig that I know and I've got some stuff pre-programmed and really punch out content fast mm. if I know what I want.
1: Yeah, right. That's the exactly. other key.
0: You know, how much time are you sitting there... Because you do this sometimes, right, when you're programming, and I do it too. You sit there and you just kind of move things around and, you know, change something here, change something there. And you're just kind of looking at it for a while. Oh, I like that. I like that. But then there's other times, you know, especially if I'm going into like a corporate show. And I know what I'm going to program. I know exactly what I need. I've already talked to the management of the show and they've told me what they need. And I walk in and I sit down and I just start hammering buttons and you know, an hour later we've got a ton of programming done. Uh-huh. Uh, it it just depends, you know. Uh it can be a lot of fun when you do get to take your time, but that time's not always there. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I've got a, a long way to go, I'm sure, but I'm having in addition to learning lighting, I'm also having to learn video production, you know, yeah. cameras and that sort of thing too. So I'm just, I I have to not overwhelm myself because I'm such a student of all things, uh, production wise that, that I can overwhelm myself and I have to be careful not to get into that cycle that's like, uh, I'm watching YouTube videos all the time because I could probably do that. (laughs)
0: I wish- oh, I could too. We, I think that's yeah. That's somewhere where we're definitely in the same boat. Where I think is probably why we connect well. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, lately I've just kind of been studying digital audio consoles because you know my church is finally starting to think about okay, you know, should we replace this thing? And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and you know, yeah. it's like there's so many there's so many finite details you can look at. I mean, you know, I've mixed digitally before, but most of my volunteers haven't. You know, in the audio mm-hmm. realm. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need to make it, I need to be able to teach them how to do this, but at the same time, you know, I've been mixed, I've mixed digital audio long enough, I think I first touched a digital desk in maybe 06 or 07, Mm -hmm. so I've got, you know, over 10 years behind me, and so, you know, I can get it, but... Yeah, we got to be repeatable every week, you know, with lighting, with with video, with audio. That's that's the biggest thing with volunteers. Yeah. A lot of the time is
1: yeah. Before is that. before I yeah. came uh, here to be this church's tech director, I I never even put a second thought to a lighting board. I did, <laughs> and and so yeah. I found that lighting guys have their own kind of sub language, just like recording engineers do. You know, we we talk about. Charts and diamonds and ones and fives and fours and all that kind of stuff. And we know exactly what we're talking about, you know, Fermata and, uh, you know, split bars and things like that. And then there's a whole yeah. lighting thing, cue list, Q stacks and position head numbers and head and fixtures and, uh, DMX and all that kind of stuff. And then you got, uh, um, the camera stuff. And you, and I'm having to learn all that stuff. And I, I, I think my biggest obstacle, and I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe this is an idea for you. I'm always, I'm, whenever I have a question, I'm always like texting you going, Hey, you ought to think about putting this on your membership site. Cause I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it from a different perspective, but, um, do you have a, like a glossary or anything of, of lighting terms and what they mean? Because like I, I've had to learn that over the last couple of years uh and you know and then i put together a little glossary of 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 video terms and i, I know i could probably mm-hmm. do the same with with audio too but do you find that coming at it from an from a video or um a lighting perspective and then learning all the the lingo for audio later was easier you think or do you think it would be easy the other way around
0: hmm I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a... I don't know. And, and one of the things I was thinking about is that it's kind of interesting as we continue to progress into the future, like, I've watched in the past 10 years or so, lighting become less about the syntax and less about the numbers than ever before. Mm-hmm. Like, you still need to understand the syntax, you still need to understand the numbers, but as consoles move forward and software updates... You have to think about that stuff less, and there's less barrier between, in your brain, you know, turn those lights red to it happening through the console. Mm -hmm. Things are becoming continually more intuitive, and you you rely less on, with the new consoles and the latest software, you rely a lot less on fixture numbers and groups and typing on the keypad. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great thing. I mean, you know, I learned, I mean, I learned, the first desk I learned serious moving light desk was the Hog 2, and it was very much a numbers-punching, you know, desk, and I learned from a very serious number-punching guy. You know, you know, a guy who'd been in LD for, you know, at that point probably 30 years, you know, very much a number-puncher. Mm-hmm. And That's not necessarily my style, but I had to learn it. Right. Um, so is it easier to go from audio lingo and then learn the lighting or lighting and then learn yeah. the audio?
1: Well, let me ask another question. Yeah. This is kind of uh, something that I have been uh in the past the past weekend. Uh we have a, a church campus, as I mentioned, in Natura. And yeah. they have uh they have like eight or nine movers um spots that okay. um and and they all seem to be right over the stage. Um is, does it make sense to move one of the movers and use it as a spotlight? Is that kind of something that like am I hacking the system by doing that? Uh I mean I know that Ideally, you would probably have enough ellipsoidal fixtures to wash the stage. But what I found is that when we use the ones we have, or the ones that came with the church. I kind of yeah. wash out all the color if I try to use those. So I'm thinking mm, about using. They're
0: washing, yeah. They're washing too much on the wall. Right,
1: it's kind of you know yeah. spilling over onto the stage and kind of taking away the the coolness of that blue or uh, magenta wash. Uh, it, do you find that uh, it's a common thing to use some of those um, moving fixtures as spotlights, as very flexible spotlights, as long as the the color temperature's right, of course. Do You find that that's a normal you can. thing.
0: And even with a cheaper mover, I mean, you can tape some CTO gel over the front of that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have a poor man's spot. Um, it can be. The difficult part is controlling it precisely. If you think about when you're controlling a moving light mm-hmm. on a console, mm-hmm. it's often hard to be as precise and quick as it would be to follow yeah. somebody,
1: if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a the, definite thought. But But I was thinking it yeah. wouldn't be a follow spot. It would just be a spot as if you mark the stage and said, oh, you stand yeah. here. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you just, oh, I've done that tons of times. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that works well, especially like I've done that on corporate things a lot. And yeah, you, you can lay out your stage, you know, have different zones, maybe down the area in front of the stage if somebody stands on the floor and presents. And you think about all these different areas, and then I just put them on the screen, like on a cue list view, as long as you got a touch screen, mm-hmm. individual cues, and then just name them each position with like, you know, spotlight you know position this left right center blah, 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 down right. you know and then yeah and then you can click those or spotlight release at the end and Oof. you know release them all but yeah that's totally doable and i've done that a good bit yeah um you said spotlight which kind of triggered me because i've got this mac back here because i've been working with this system called follow me lately mm-hmm. which you might be familiar with oh. um, i like the way it sounds from AC lighting i haven't yeah so it's on a it's on a fruit it's on a mac and you you, you bring in a camera and then, or for me, a visualizer, and then you just use a mouse or a a trackball to follow the person, you know, keep your X on the person, basically. Mm-hmm. So you've got a camera coming in, and it's keep your X on the guy. And as long as you've calibrated the thing, if you keep the X on the guy, then the light's going to point at the guy. Really? And Yeah, and one of the interesting things about this, because this system does major tours um, a lot, it does really big shows, and the interesting thing about it is every fixture that you calibrate the position of, um, I think it's followme.nu, um, every fixture that you calibrate the position of, it then, and it is fairly pricey, I think, but it then, um, it then, you can take and release those from the console as follow spot units at any point. Wow. So you can have a light doing something to the music and then you put it into follow spot mode from the console. Wow. And meanwhile, the whole time the operator just sits there and they just, as long as they keep their, their X on the person, you know, it's going to be pointing at them when the lighting console tells it oh. to point it. At, I'm, uh, at the, as I'm the looking spotlight. for that
1: right now. How much is a system like that?
0: You know, I don't know um, exactly how much it costs. They tell me, though, that this year they should have something lower cost coming out. I think it's fairly pricey at this point, um, you know, thousands of dollars. But they sell through AC Lighting, and they don't really put on their site what it costs. Um, so I don't actually really. Yeah, know. I've learned not uh, to.
1: If you can't, if, if you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. Right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, that might be the case. Um, I'm just, yeah, we've been talking about maybe doing some training videos. So I've got a demo system. Okay. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, so that's that's follow spot, you know, one Yeah. Um, you know, I can I can continue to try to sell you on Onyx um Elations console that they bought from Martin because in Onyx you can have a specific fader type. Actually you can have it in Grand MA too, something similar, where you can well, no, in only in Onyx can you do this well. Where you have two cues for a follow spot, like a left and a right, mm-hmm. and then the fader just cross fades between them constantly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, down is left and up is right, and then you can literally follow someone by pushing a fader up and down, and it works quite well just within the console. But huh. that's a type of fader that Hog just can't do. They call it a cube blender, um, and even in MA, they call it a temp fader. But the a temp fader in MA, the the bottom of the fader is always going to be a value of zero, like the center position of the moving light, mm-hmm. and then the top will be whatever you recorded, mm-hmm. but on Onyx, you can literally do it between two points, and neither of those points has to be zero, which is super cool. Okay, um, but again, so, you know, so <laughs>
1: I love their console for that okay, reason. So in many the ways. Onyx, tell me, tell me a little bit more about the Onyx, then, because I only know what I have, but I, w- I would love to look at yeah. that.
0: Yeah, So Onyx is um, it used to be Martin's M Series console. After Martin got and Harman as a whole got bought by Samsung, they basically decided. <laughs> that they didn't want to be in the console market anymore. So, unfortunately, you know, for about a year, and this is inevitable, you know, they basically lost funding, but were still around as a Martin product. So they kind of lost a year, but then they got bought by Elation. Not only the console, but all the developers, the guy who was in charge of the console, everybody got bought by Elation. And so it's now called the Onyx console. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their platform. And there's a number of consoles, you know, from big to small um, PC. And it's a similar software to something like CamSys or Hog or MA, but um it's my favorite console because it's really cost-effective. The the pricing's generally around Hog pricing mm-hmm. or CamSys. It's not up at the MA level. It's lower than that. But I think that, the software is just incredible. You know, I've been using it for a few years now because they first introduced, let me grab something. They introduced the M-Touch under Martin, which was this interface, mm-hmm. and I bought one probably 9 months after it came out because this guy is a capacitive touch fader wing, so there's LEDs that light up and you and these are faders, but they're they're like a trackpad, you know, on a mm-hmm. laptop. And this guy with 10 faders and a small programming section and a DMX output over USB wow. is $500. Bucks. Now under Alation, it's like $400. They lowered the prices. Wow. So that blew me away, and I started to use the software. And I realized after I got into it a little that it's it's really an incredible piece of software. And it's it's my preference in console. You know, so, Like a lot of these shows I go out on, they'll put me on an MA, and I, I like an MA. But... I mean, for the cost, this thing—you know—unless you're doing the Olympics, you know—an Onyx-based console, I think, is an amazing pick.
1: Well, um, so that that Onyx console, you said software. Do you need a, an external computer to run it?
0: So, with that particular wing, um, that's—you can plug it into a console as a wing, or you can plug it into a PC. Okay. Um, they've got, diff- but they've got standalone consoles. They've got one like the Hedgehog that you mentioned, mm. called the NX4, I believe, and then they've got a full-size. Um, called the M6. Some of them haven't re- been rebranded from Martin yet, um, and uh, they've kind of got a mid-range, you know, Roadhog level, mm-hmm. which is the mm-hmm. um, NX2, I believe.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I'll ch- I'll definitely check that out because uh, I'm I'm starting to work with some uh, churches on some of their production, uh, some of their audio for their their stream, the streaming, lighting, yeah, uh, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So I'll, I'm always looking for something that's easy to understand for me and easy for a volunteer to run for them because I know that a lot of churches don't have the 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 privilege to to work with, you know, 11 12 volunteers on a Sunday. So I'm always looking for something that's that's expandable for the guys like you who, you know, can really get around on a lighting board to the guys who just want to push the faders up and and call it a win, you know. So yeah, I'll I'll check yeah. into that. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, so ease of programming-wise, they're pretty similar to Hogs as opposed to the amount of time it takes to get started. You know, what I like to tell people is it's like, you know, I, and I have a recent video on my YouTube that you can check out that compares some different consoles. It's like, a lot of churches buy the Jans Vista, mm-hmm. or the, now the Chroma Q Vista, or a Grand MA, you know, wing. But you spend, you know, three, four times what you could spend on a comparable Onyx and... I don't think you really get that much more. Mm-hmm. Like, Vista's a nice program. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people can learn it fast. But at the end of the day, they could spend an hour to looking at tutorials and be up on another console, and you just bought two more moving lights. Right, you know? right. Exactly. You know, I, I, th- I just think Vista, unfortunately, you know, it's a decent software. It's easy for volunteers. But it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like because they sell, the hardware is separate from the output on on Vista. You know, you buy them separately. Right. Um so they hit you twice. And and MA of course is expensive cuz it's the best thing in the world and right. you know. I love it. It's a great software, but I just think um Onyx has really become my favorite in using all the consoles mm-hmm. for people like churches bands who, you know, they're not running the Olympics here. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is like a really awesome combo of, you know, ease of use, price and, you know, mm-hmm. overall ability, which it's got a lot mm-hmm. under, especially like there's kind of the base level, like what you can learn and program like you do on a hog. Mm-hmm. And then you can really kick it up a notch and dive deep into it and do some really incredible things. Can I
1: ask a novice question then real, real yeah. quick? I, and I know I know you need to wrap up too, but um, I wanted to ask one more question. I hope I'm not opening Pandora's box here, but uh, how familiar are you with the uh, Q-Labs software? Do you know that uh, yeah. I've been looking, and Q-Labs will control, like you can address lighting fixtures, and you can actually control lights from the Q-Lab, and I'm wondering, you how, can. Much, how much have you tried that?
0: You know, I haven't used it a ton, mm-hmm. um, but it's something I'll be playing with more, um, especially since we've talked about mm-hmm. it. I know the lighting-wise, um, especially, it's not really geared towards using moving lights and LEDs and stuff a lot. It's... I think it's geared towards more basic stuff, but QLab in a nutshell, you know, is designed to be a show automation software mm-hmm. where it triggers another lighting console mm-hmm. a lot of the time because obviously, you know, you at your church, you've already got a console mm-hmm. and you can trigger that console and QLab is one way that you can definitely do that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's one thing. The Onyx, going back to the Onyx just for a second. Um do you have um do you have a lot of experience doing automation from like making the lighting consoles respond to automation? Uh, that's that's yeah. something I need to get more up to speed on because I'm I'm going to be using Q Labs to uh, to, to, to fire several pieces of automation through OSC. And I don't know if OSC is something that you work with a lot. Yep. Um,
0: yep. Onyx can do OSC. Onyx can do MIDI. So okay. yeah, that's, yep. uh, well,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I would love to, to know more about that. And I'll, I'll be uh, perusing the site, uh, the membership site and, uh, which by the way is such a valuable, um, is such a valuable asset. Thank you for putting it together because guys like me who are still trying to learn it, uh, you, you presented in such a easy to understand way. And I I appreciate all the time and effort you put into that site. It seems like, seems like every week you're, you're creating brand new content for it. And I I don't know how you do it. (laughs) You're either. It's not quite every week, but (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's enough to keep a guy like me, uh, overwhelmed and, um, learning on the, on the, on the regular.
0: Oh, man, thank you for your, uh, your endorsement there of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. I really appreciate that. And uh, it's been fun talking to you today, too, just talking shop about lighting and uh, hopefully teaching the folks out there a, a few things that they didn't know before. So if you missed it at the start, Kevin Ward at MixCoach.com is his site for audio or his site for kind of churchy things is Kevin Ward. Oh, I lost you.org,
1: I think. Kevin Ward.org.
0: And that's it for today's show thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see
1: you guys on the site. Thanks.